Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode zero of my podcast, Little Dark Age, where I will be examining the world through my eyes, offering my hot takes, offering my analyses, and hopefully sharing views of others as I hopefully eventually have guests on the show through who will be from all walks of life, who will be artists, creators, organizers, and the rest. What does Little Dark Age mean? I'm glad you asked. I was lost for a name, so I decided to go on Spotify and shuffle through my liked songs and see if that would give me some inspiration. X Factor by Lauren Hill popped up, so I got to thinking, why don't I call myself the Z Factor, as in Gen Z, and kind of make a podcast about like examining the world around me through the eyes of the younger generation. So that, that set me on a path. And I skipped that. And the next song was Little Dark Age by MGMT. I love the song. I've always loved the title because I thought it could have so many meanings. And I thought it was a really interesting way of describing a period of your life or maybe like a bad relationship or a bad job. These are all things that these are all things that would be a little dark age. But I also got to thinking that, you know, COVID was a little dark age. Grieving various family members offers its own little dark age. And when you expand that or zoom in, either way, I feel like in all of society, every event, every disaster, whether small or large, is followed by a little dark age. Or a big dark age, right? Like the Great Depression, things of that nature. I think it's interesting for people of my generation. I was born in 2001, right? I'm All of my memories are, of course, post 9-11. I've always lived in this anxiety-ridden America, you know, because my childhood also coincided with the development of social media and stuff like that. So the whole time I've been conscious and making my own decisions and intelligent enough to like you know pull apart the world around me I've already I was already consumed by this overwhelming just influx of information influx of anxiety and I think that really does inform the lives of you know people my age we just don't have memories of a world before globalism, before social media, before YouTube. I think the coinciding of just growing up, just having my brain form, which it's not fully formed yet. I still got a few years to go. That coinciding with the development of social media, with that little age of unregulated internet content, um, where I was literally fourth grade, in fourth grade at recess and kids were watching ISIS decapitating videos or they were watching like gruesome porn scenes. There was just a lot of things that, you know, became normal for people my age. But of course, if we had communicated it to adults, it wouldn't have been normal. And we had no way to access, access like safely access the truth that it would, 
what we were doing was unsafe because we were the first people to go through it. For example, a lot of girls my age have vivid memories, not just girls, a lot of people my age have a lot of memories of being in middle school and talking to grown men on Cake Messenger. Okay, if we had had, you know, if we came a few years later, our older sisters would have let us know. You know what I mean? But we were the first ones to go through that. I mean, you know, as a kid, you're not going to, like, ask your mom for an opinion on something that you suspect is strange online. Because you, you're just going to get your phone taken. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I think Little Dark Age is a perfect name. I'm going to examine the little dark ages that occur as a result of our world. Just the state of our world's being or certain events, of course. Um, I'm going to have... A few things to talk about in this episode. Let's slide it over to our theme. Thank you to my good friend, one of my besties, Imani, for creating that jingle. Their Instagram handle is Fatbrains, and their SoundCloud is Mycena, spelled M-Y-C-E-N-A-A. So make sure to go ahead and follow them on those platforms. Um, Eid Mubarak to everyone who celebrates. I had a relaxing adult Eid today still get got money from my family very blessed I actually didn't get it for a few years when I was actually a teenager when I was still a child but hey I'm not gonna say no today the the Met Gala is happening oh my god I saw so many flops on Twitter I'm kind of shocked I thought this theme would be easy to follow in like a glamorous way and a beautiful way but I guess after camp last year like we just you know the expectation is kind of has dwindled of course there's always the people who execute the theme perfectly but I love to look at the flops just because I think it's funny to make fun of rich people me and my friend Chrissy who will be helping me out on this podcast and stuff in the future we'll be making an episode dedicated to the Met Gala so we could talk about the theme and about the execution so stay tuned for that okay so Politico leaked a draft opinion from the Supreme Court so I'm reading right off of the CNN website right here They're saying that in a stunning breach of Supreme Court confidentiality and secrecy, Politico has obtained what it calls a draft of a majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito that would strike down Roe versus Wade. So this draft was circulated in early February, according to Politico, and the final opinion has not been released. And 
votes and languages can be changed before opinions are formally released. So the, nothing is, is set to be published until late June, but something was leaked. This doesn't happen. Supreme Court draft opinion? Like, that doesn't happen. I don't, I have no idea how they got that. I'm not going to look into it. I'm not like a news podcast, so I'm not going to like deep dive into that. But I will give my opinion. So this this draft opinion kind of shows that Roe versus Wade is set to be overturned. This being leaked is for sure going to cause controversy and I think I mean it's going to it's going to create a lot of pushback. Um and I wonder if that means that the decision will be reversed. I mean the decision has not been published. It has not been officially made yet. Um so while I don't want everyone to be in this like extremely panicked state, I mean it is a panicking moment. I'm just kind of shocked that this is, you know, the the social climate. Is it social? This is the political climate that we're in. 50 years, 50 years after this was, yeah, bruh, literally 50 years ago, 1973, Roe v. Wade was a landmark decision in 1973. It's been like 49 years and we're about to overturn it like come on dude this is so beyond what we should be fighting for right now we should be fighting for like reproductive justice like this Roe versus Wade did not solve the reproductive justice crisis like when you don't offer safe abortion to someone who wants it they will have an unsafe abortion that's it. That's it's that simple. Like it doesn't stop abortion. In fact, instead of losing uh, instead of quote unquote losing the life of the fetus, you're going to lose two lives because the person who is going to birth that ch- child is going to likely die from an unsafe abortion. You know, there's multiple studies on this. Don't take my word for it. Don't try to fight like, you know, you can go look that up yourself. It's just crazy to me that this is what we're fighting for when literally we're in a climate catastrophe. Russia is being provocative, whatever, all that stuff is happening geopolitically. There's so many things we could be doing at home. There were still, as I was trying to get to earlier, there are still so many things to solve about reproductive health. Our extremely Protestant, right-leaning American society is, did I say Protestant? I think I meant Puritan. Puritan slash evangelical. We there's still so many things we need to solve about reproductive justice. We need equity for like black women giving birth. Like that first and foremost, there is no reason that a black woman is three times as likely to die during delivery than a white woman. Like seriously, in 2022, that that's where I was at, you know, earlier today, but now, you know, now where I uh, Roe versus Wade getting overturned. You know what I mean? Like this is just like such a step back in our country's history. It's embarrassing. It's hum- it's I it's dangerous. It's humiliating. I mean, I'm interested to see how this uh progresses. I'm you know, I'm fortunate enough to live in a progressive state, a quote-unquote progressive state, but you know, this is not it. <laughs> fuck my reproductive health like what about the women in 
more conservative states. I'm really worried about how this will affect um, the foster care system, which is already flooded with children, which is already a system that does not prioritize children. There's just so many things to uh, consider, but we'll we'll get into that later. That's just what's going on today, you know. I'm seeing a lot of, of posts online that are talking about how the Met Gala's theme of Gilded Age happening tonight at the same time that this was leaked um it's giving handmaid's tale yeah that's what it's doing i actually haven't watched that i watched an episode you know i i got the gist of it um but anyways like i said earlier there will be a future episode on the met gala i believe that will be the next thing i have out and of course, of course, I am I'm excited to make an informational episode about Palestine. I really want to get into uh, just talking about Palestine. Um, I know that there's a lot of leftists out there that know they support Palestine, know they support liberation, but they don't really understand why it's a leftist cause or like an anti-imperial cause and not just like a land fight or a civil war a land fight y'all know what I mean um that there are so many Palestine is of course a multifaceted issue I'm going to make an informational episode on it it's not going to cover everything I'm going to be extremely intentional about the things that I choose to cover I'm gonna cite my sources uh I'm not gonna get started talking about it today because I want it to be streamlined and I want it to be easy to understand. I know that a lot of the times geopolitical issues are made, are either oversimplified to like a horrid degree or they are overcomplicated to the point to where you just want to, you know, agree with your charismatic speaker. You just want to be like, oh yeah, two-state solution. That sounds perfect because you're making it sound like a utopia. You're making it sound like everyone would be happy. I don't want to do either of those things. I kind of want to fall into a middle. Of course, with podcasting, I have a beautiful chance to just speak and speak. But yeah, there's that. I'm also I'm also going to probably make multiple episodes on the effects of COVID because I think COVID is the most relevant little dark age to our recent history, our recent couple years. I just had COVID the other the other week. I tested negative a few days ago. Got it super late in the game. My family had it in January. Like my whole household of like 10 people had it and I somehow didn't get it just because we were staying away from each other and stuff. Crazy how that works. I do want to start talking about COVID today. That's where I was getting at. I'm going to make episodes on the different ways it affected society, but I also want to start talking about it today. I just want to touch on like being a college student during COVID Um, it's difficult. I mean, I'm a community college student. I'm really blessed to like be able to live with my family and go to community college right now. The plan was a two-year transfer, which when I decided to be a STEM major turned into a three-year transfer, which was like, okay, whatever. That's normal for STEM majors. And then now it's a four-year transfer. Let's hope it stays that way, okay? I mean, if it's a five-year transfer, like who cares? I'm I feel like I recently came to the conclusion that I don't need to wait until transferring to be proud of myself and to enjoy my life. I don't need to wait until passing a class right now to be proud of myself and enjoy my life. Like it's I'm just trying to unlearn that like perfectionist mindset of always waiting for that one more one more hump to get over one more hill to climb. And then like you'll be then you can be happy. 
because I've been doing that like for the past five years and it it just doesn't check out like I applied for college as a senior got into a few schools I wasn't happy with myself I went to college took hard classes passed them I wasn't happy with myself I took like the most challenging courses of my college career last semester and I was like oh my god I'm I'm horrible at these classes. I'm horrible. I'm horrible at time management, this and that. I was like, if only I pass these, you know, just whatever. I got two, I got B's in those classes. Still not proud of myself. Even though getting those B's in my, in my classes, like, I'm not saying I would be happier with myself if I had A's. I was very happy with a B score, but that didn't suddenly turn off a switch in my head and cause me to be like, okay, now I can enjoy my life. It just doesn't work that way. If you don't make the conscious decision to enjoy your life every day, it's not going to happen. And don't roll your eyes because I know y'all are mentally ill. If, you, if you're listening to this, you're probably mentally, mentally ill. Shout out mental illness. Uh, free TK, free Palestine. Is TK free? Hold on. I have no idea. Honestly, didn't he kill two people? Okay, this reminds me of being on Tumblr or back in the day, Tumblr and, and Twitter or whatever. And they would just be like, free blank. And you'd be like, oh, what'd he do? It'd be like, he has four rape charges and two murder charges. Like, you know what? Keep him in there. He's serving 55 years. Oh, he was found guilty of murder. I wonder. I don't know what his case is like. It's that's uh, did he murder for a good reason? He didn't have murder on his mind. That was another guy. Okay, yeah. Maybe I should know about this stuff before I start talking about it. But anyways, getting back to the college thing. When COVID hit, it was uh, spring break 2020. So my first spring break as a college student. And, you know, just like everyone else who was in school at that time, I just thought we were getting like an extra week of spring break. So I was happy about it. But as it turns out, that's not what happened. I ended up dropping all my classes, not because I really wanted to, but because the professors um, had a like a horrible time transitioning. Not all of them. I had one teacher. I stayed in one teacher's class and he was very lenient with scores for the rest of the semester. But I dropped everything else and I just went back to like my food service job and worked a ton. I worked a lot and I was like in a little essential worker. You know what I mean? It was kind of annoying to be an essential worker at the at like the height of the pandemic or like the beginning of it and to not get hazard pay when the Trader Joe's like across the street like they literally got hazard pay by all signing a document and I was like damn like I wish I was at like a big place right now so I could pull some shit like that because I know if I pulled that at a small at a smaller restaurant like I would just be fired they'd be like um what are you doing actually is that anti is there like an anti-union law for that I'm going to start adding transition sounds between my random thoughts so you guys can't say that there's not good transitions. You know, the transition sounds mean that we're on a new topic. One big effect that COVID had was forcing everybody to stay home and slow down, like really slow down their lives. That, I saw that affecting people in all age groups of my life, but I think that the younger generation experiencing that like us experiencing that in our youth a time of not being stressed out a time of literally just being in your house you know if hopefully 
with a good family situation, actually living with your family for weeks at a time instead of just a few hours per week. I think that had big effects, but I'll cover that more when I go into COVID in depth. I wasn't going to keep talking about Roe versus Wade, but like it's literally everywhere. Like on the new, if you go on YouTube or just like look up the news on Google at all, it's just that like, I don't know, man, like every few, every, not every few years, every year, every, okay, hold on. Every election year this happens. Hold on. I'm starting to catch on. This is so, I wonder if this is going to be the thing that pushes like the Democrats out to vote because typically in a midterm election, the party that's not, that's not the party of the president typically gains either the Senate or Congress back, whatever they didn't have. And maybe this was being anticipated and somebody leaked it to Politico. Oh my God. Wait, what if I'm right? Okay, wait, no, I shouldn't get excited about this. This is fucked up. But I, I, I think that would be interesting um, if that's what's going on. Just, but the thing is like at the same time, like right now we have the House and the Senate. So even if the Democrats have the House and the Senate, they're not doing shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that the Democrats are using it effectively. I mean, they are using it effectively for their own corporate and, you know, ruling class needs and, you know, being little, being little puppets. But they're not, of course, they're not using it effectively for their constituents, what their constituents literally are expecting. Um, yeah, silly, silly population for believing the politicians when they run. Okay, also that, like, we do not believe our politicians. Um, Americans are extremely anti-government. Other countries are not like us. We are just, you know, whatever the fucking government does, we're all unhappy. We're just for our own little reasons, our own little different reasons. Um, I don't, Honestly, I'm losing my faith in voting. I do think voting really matters on a local level. So vote in your elections this November. (laughs) I don't think anything that happens in Washington, D.C. trickles down unless it's negative. But your your local leaders do make a difference in your everyday life. Like that makes a difference in your local taxes, whether your potholes get filled, um, how many parks are in your neighborhood, what you, you know, what buildings get built in your neighborhood. It's extremely important and it's never... I feel like it's never emphasized on us, but voting in the po- the presidential election is super emphasized, even though, you know, <sighs> I don't know, even though like the president it doesn't matter. Like the only time having. OK, let me not speak on this like I've been alive for super long, but the first election I remember was Obama getting elected. Um, that w- I knew that was significant because he was the first black president. I knew that. And, but him and Mitt Romney were even, Mitt Romney was like a respectable opponent. At least that's what I remember from watching debates when I was like, when I was like eight or nine. Um, You know, that's what, that's what I got out of it. The next election after that. Oh wait, I'm, I think I'm recalling the second time he was voted in. So he was voted in in 2008 and then he was voted in again in 2012. So I think I was, I'm thinking about 2012. The next election that I remember, of course, Donald Trump getting elected as president. You know, that was our little dark age. 
that was a little dark age for anyone who wasn't in Donald Trump's list of safe individuals, aka Aryan evangelicals. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. That was nuts. I was literally 14 crying watching the 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 GOP like caucus thing crying because they were talking about banning people from Muslim countries. Um okay, I'm not going to say I was being dramatic because it, there ended up being a Muslim ban first of all. And also I was a child, so like it was kind of scary. Uh, 14 I didn't really understand what would happen if he became president. He became president, and of course... Okay, this is the point I was getting around to. I feel like Donald Trump being president was the only time the presidency mattered. Like, it's the only time that the president actually influenced the people. um, In a negative way, right? People were a lot more comfortable, you know, uh, with the hate crimes once he got in. But Joe Biden coming into office did not reduce those hate crimes. So, like, I feel like he started something that it has not finished yet. And, of course, Obama being president did have huge effects on the population. Him being president, I think, was a huge proponent of modern-day liberal casual racism because we had a black president. Racism no longer exists. Of course, that's how that works. So I think that was a big proponent of that, the whole colorblind racism which is like, oh, I can't be racist because I don't see color. Well, that's not valid. And if you say that, please educate yourself. So yeah, that was a crazy time. I, you know, living in the Bay Area, I've always heard that it's it's a bubble. It, like the rest of the the rest of the country doesn't is not as progressive as we are. <laughs> it rang true when the day after the election, I so I go get to school and my first period was dance. And we literally sat in a big circle and talked about our feelings. Like, my teacher was, like, talking about how instead of when you put an idiot and a woman up against each other, the idiot will win because the country can't handle a woman president. And I was like, damn, that's real. Even though Hillary is corrupt, I'm not, like, here's the thing. I will, I may talk about some politicians in a better light than others, but I am Like, I don't stand any politicians. I'm not a fan of any of them. I do think they're all corrupt. I do think they all have, like, alter... You know, they have their agendas. So please don't think I'm, like, a Democrat or, like, I align myself with these Dem uh, candidates or anything. I'm just going to try to talk about the issues. I'm also not a Republican, and I'm not a conservative, in case everyone anyone's worried about that. Anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I really love some feedback. If you want to leave me some on my Instagram at Little Dark Age Podcast. I also have a Patreon because there are costs associated with making a little makeshift podcast. I'm on Patreon at Little Dark Age. You can donate as much as you want per month. A little goes a long way for now because I, you know, still have zero patrons, still have zero donations. And I want to make more content for you guys. I'd love to hear what kind of content you guys want me to put out. Um, I might put some polls and stuff on my Instagram. Super excited to put this out. Shout out again to Imani for making the dope sounds for this episode. And I will catch y'all next week. Peace.